Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm Shana. And I am the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. It means we've got an episode of Carpool Rugby League coming your way. And uh, well, fellas, uh, I think even though we're a month into the year, the the best way to start off would be to say Happy New Year. This is the first podcast of the new year and uh, the NRL is fast approaching and um, gee, we've got plenty to talk about. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the Rugby League Carpool Chat. Uh, Yeah, there's there's plenty going on, plenty going around. I'd say there's no need for the tidbits tonight, Gray, because this whole chat is probably going to be one massive tidbit. Yeah, tonight we're basically... <laughs> tidbit, there you go. Just the way we like them. Um, right. the, the podcast tonight, fellas, basically, um, you know, as I said, it's Wednesday night, the 1st of February. As we record this, we're just going to talk some rugby league. A lot of <clears> things are going to come out in the... Uh, in the wash here, we've got plenty to talk about. But before we go on, um, I'm going to throw over to Griffo. We actually have, believe it or not, an off-season Griffo's Grab. Griffo's Grab! Welcome aboard, Griffo, for 2023. What have you got for us? See, uh, listeners, um, you know, uh, glad to have you back. And maybe we've got some new ones, in which case, welcome to the league. I was going to say, the grab is that you've got new internet, is it? <laughs> no, I was just about to say, uh, my internet is done. The message just come up. Um, so uh, I might have to migrate soon. That's okay. We'll, we we'll, um, we'll just fill in the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. We'll yeah, so, while you migrate. Oh, yeah. I'll see how we go. Okay, see so how you go. There you go. Nice. Fine. Fine. Yeah, see how we go. Um, look, uh, this is a, a for a new year, uh, a new grab, and this is one that does not involve anything that happened on the field. Uh, normally, it's something that grabbed my eye on the field. Uh, but given that we've not had any rugby league since our last podcast, uh, I've gone off field with something that grabbed my eye. Come up on my Facebook feed, um, and it was uh, an article I think on Fox Sports uh, saying that uh, fear not NRL, if the players do strike, the uh, United States Rugby League uh, will be very happy to supply 160 players. They're ready to go, get on plane, come out, and uh, and it's going to save the NRL if need be. So, um, you know, I, I, was, uh, I thought that that did grab my eye. Uh, one, that there was going to be a player strike, potentially. And, and to be fair, um, you know, I guess it is a potential threat. And two, that uh, that uh, 160 players, uh, uh, bags packed, ready to get on a plane and uh, come and play in the NRL. Yep. Um, I don't know, mm. given that we've got 17 teams, we'll probably be playing about nine a side, but that's okay. Um, uh, it doesn't the matter. nines comp. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it'd be good to have the, uh, the American interest. Uh, that, that, that grabbed my eye. Yeah, yeah. I like And it. I suppose that, that kind of kicks off a bit of the conversation too, because, I mean... Well, well, I'll tell you one, you'd be less. 
I'll tell you one, you'd be less, right? There's a guy in America playing Reed and, his name's Reed and Sweet. And anyway, he, he plays the Copperheads. And we talk about American Rugby League a little bit, but in actual fact, they're the first USA Rugby League side that actually have an affiliation with the Super League sites. They're affiliated with Salford. And he's actually going over to England to play. He actually got, um, he actually got asked to go to England and participate in the um, Super League, which is a, an awesome thing. Incidentally, uh, the Copperheads, if they sound a little bit familiar, that's because they played a game against the Randrick Wombats um, as well. Or they, they have or are going to one or the other. So, yeah, they're, you know, they're a team that where, are taking where this are they little out, bit. Shane, the Copperheads. The Copperheads. Copperhead road. The Copperheads are a, Copperhead they are an, uh, they are a, from memory, they are a, uh, they're the American football team. Uh, they're from the Californian competition. Right. Uh, incidentally, I know that Reed and Sweet, he's from Naples, not Italy. California, so I'd say they're in around there. Okay, so why only my region? head was full of useless for useful stuff. I might be able to do something with it. But no, that's um, that's there. really cool. So, so that's really well, cool. In, in all seriousness, if we want to grow this game, and you know, well, I mean, we love the game. We want to see it, you know, grow as much as it can. We have to crack the American market. Yeah. Um, Not they just, just for the players, but you know, for for exposure. But but certainly, I... we could get some great players if if they, you know, came through well, the development systems. And you, you look at the other, you look at the opposite side. Um, look at the side. Um, what's happening over there with the Philadelphia Eagles at the moment, and and them having an ex rugby league player. Well, then if we could get some of those NFL players or or fringe players or people that were in oh, high school, whatever that, that the thought, you know, Great um, incidentally, it's Copperhead. If the, um, these, you know, American football, it's very sporadic when you look at it, but the Copperhead rugby league side, they actually do post on their things. A lot of stuff around touch football. They do play a touch footy comp over there. Um, I think in one of their posts actually had preseason manly's preseason training from last year. So it's, it's, you oh, know, it's like good. it's, it's, I think it's a good thing. I, I, I know that they're, they're well and truly up, um, up for it. So, and with America getting another, well, North America getting another slot, I think if in ten years, the way it's looking at ten years, they want to create a competitive rugby league side. Yeah. Um, I suppose for us, we're looking at you know, it's a, we could almost say they're a serious tier two team if they've got the people, they've got the volume of people, they've got the population, they've got the athletes, and from what we understand, they're very keen to get their players to look at top-notch um, programs. The, the, the problem's the distance. So, you know, if you look at, if they're doing, if this group's doing a thing with Salford and they've got one of their own going over there and trialling and playing some games over there, um, that's the next step. You know, it's, it's very hard just to say, oh, let's crack the NRL. But if you're going via the Super League route and, um, and then coming through that way and seeing what type of football you need, if you could get, you know, if you get a, a you know, 10 players a season over there, well, then one of them is going to be good enough to start cracking it here. And I think that's oh, absolutely. a good thing. Mm. And look, they could they could ask the Tigers for some advice. I think they've been spending about 10 years trying to get a competitive rugby league side. So they might be in a similar situation there. Yeah. I say that tongue in cheek, but, um, but really the, the reason we're talking about 
the possibility of these American players. Uh, it's really in relation to this collective bargaining agreement and the standoff we currently have between the Rugby League Players Association and the NRL over this agreement. Um, basically, in a nutshell, Shane, am I, am I right in saying to the listeners that uh, there's a bit of a standoff here because the Players Association has um, advised the players not to sign this agreement, mm. and that's why yep. we're talking about uh, the yeah. possibility of striking. And just so that people are aware, um, it's not just salaries. Um, you know, they're looking at revenue shares. There's a lot of um, lot of things to be taken yep. into account here when we're looking at this. Uh, revenue shares, oh, no. revenue streams across across all areas, in, and. And Gray, I'm sorry. I'll just suppose I'll just jump in now. I, yeah, I find yeah, it yeah. Really um, you're 100% correct. And what 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 seems to be happening is you've got Abdo who's saying and who's saying that look, opening the checkbook the way that they want to open the checkbook is really poor governance. We actually have to protect everything, like our junior football, producing programs that grows football or rugby league. Sorry, producing programs that that ensure the long long-term future and an open checkbook could actually bankrupt the game. And I, I fully agree with him in that regard. Uh, in regards to revenue stream, it's quite interesting that that's revenue streams really spread across the width and breadth. Um, Dale Finucane came out on social media and said a short post yesterday in support of the Players Association. And interestingly, Fox Sports News posted it with a strong arm uh, emoji. And I thought that's very interesting that, you know, I thought the whole word news was meant to be impartial, but I remember Fox in front of it. Um, I, I found that very interesting that when you look at revenue and revenue streams, it does spread across the width and breadth. A lot of people are thinking that this is Abdo holding on to the money, banking the money for a rainy day. I tend to disagree with that. I think this is more about very good corporate governance. Um, I've done directorship training. I know what governance is all about and, I think that when you look at the long-term future of the game, when you get a cash injection, there's, you do a number of things with it. You, you give it to the people who have earned you the money, which is the players and, and, and the television. You give it to the people who are going to be the next growth sector, which is the women's. You give it to your juniors, uh, and, 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 the, and the junior supporter base and the grassroots level football, and then you administer it. And I think that in that, there, you know, what he's put forward as having money in the bank for grassroots, for future development, for, for, for future growth of the game, for bringing the game to the forefront, I think that's not a silly thing. I'm happy to say that it seems like their series of three-day talks after today, day one, uh, things look like they've got the the women's game sorted as far as that goes. Um, I hope I hope that that's not about well, let's accept this for and for the other side. I hope that it was actually accepting it in in the faith and generosity that will be bestowed into the men's game and that the men, uh, hopefully the men's game and everything can be accepted as quickly. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that, I think Clint Newton's abrasiveness. Like I, I look, I'm not having a go at him here. I think he's done wonders for for players, but he does have this abrasive nature at times, which is a bit shoot from the hip, which is fine. That's Peter Volandi's really in a nutshell. And look what he's done. But I, I do think now, I think I think when when Abdo talked about corporate governance, I got it. It, it, it. That's that that clicked for me, and I went, "Yeah, you're right. You can't just you can't just throw money away. No, that's not fair. That's unfair. I shouldn't have said that. You can't just give money to all sectors and say here it is, and then all of a sudden you look behind you and the pot's empty. The pot has to have money in it." Because you may, you, you know, you've got to hedge that this type of payments and this type of thing is going to keep continuing. It's only going to keep continuing if we grow grassroots football, if we take football to other areas. We know, and I think we've learned a fairly decent lesson out of the AFL. The AFL found out very quickly that if they stay where they are, they're going to actually plateau. And in some ways, I think that's rugby league at the moment. Uh, Griffo, me and you, like, mate, when, we, when they get a team in the West, we're going to go out in the bender because we've been, we've been talking about that for so long now. I think that's where some of this put the money aside, grow rugby league, is about taking it to areas where probably it wouldn't normally be put to grow the game, to develop the game in the hope that we can now get non-rugby league areas to flourish while still protecting our rugby league heartland. I I see where Clint Newton's coming from. And I think I think some of his arguments are valid. I think Abdo actually has thought about this long and hard. And looking at the future of the game, I think an open checkbook is a very dangerous thing to 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 throw up to, to throw out. So Women's Rugby League looks like that's all done. The men's game, grassroots, I, I hope, you know, I hope the Players Association, you know, I, I often think one of my, and then you know, they're not, they don't know me, so I don't know what they think. They won't think anything of what I'm about to say. I sometimes think the Players Association is, is, too, more, is too much concerned with the 17 players for every club taking the field every week and forget there is a far bigger volume of people playing A grade, B grade, C grade, under 18s, under 16s, under 14s, under 12s, under 8s of both sexes, mini mod football, schoolboy football or school people football. I, I think that when you look at, yeah, they're the poster boys of, of the competition and poster girls when you look at the women's league. They're the poster people. But I think when you look at the volume of people playing rugby league, we also have to look at throwing money there as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's It'll be interesting to see what the... Well, the, the next two days is going to bring far yeah. more. Look, things are looking better than what they looked yesterday. I, no. I, I, I don't know if we're going to get to a point where we'll see player strikes or anything like that, but one of the other arguments, um, I, I don't know if you've been across this as much, Griffo, that I was hearing were the players not necessarily saying it was about money. I think it was um, a couple of the Sharks players that were quoted in the article I read. It might have been Nico Hines and Dalfinuk, and 
saying that um, you know they're not greedy and this doesn't have anything to do with payments in the salary cap. They were focusing more on their, um, I suppose, their rights in regards to um, well, look, basically medical, the crux of medical it was expenses, medical. For example, medical yeah, expenses, medical. things. And, that and that's fair thing. call too. And then the, because in the current, apparently in the current agreement, um, the medical, any medical expenses um, as a result of, you know, playing rugby league. Now, we know these guys retire. A lot of them retire because they can't physically do it anymore. I mean, you know, a, a lot of players retiring from rugby league are in their 30s. We're, you know, we'd be well over the hill, um, you know, ourselves, guys. We'd be, yeah. we'd be past it if we were rugby league players. But I think um, from what I saw, there was something in regard to having surgeries and having any treatment in regards to injuries caused uh, whilst playing rugby league, it has to happen in the um, for it to be paid for. It has to happen in the twelve months. Um, that's right. After yeah, that's you retire, right. yeah. and I think that's what a lot of players are saying is, you know, you've got some blokes who might need, you know, four or five surgeries. They've got to try and get these done in the twelve months. There may be things that are caused by the wear and tear of a rugby league career that might come up after that twelve months. Um, I, I think what they basically said from, from their point of view, Griffo, was, you know, if you're in another job and you do your back in at work, um, there's a workers comp thing and there's, you know, it's, it, it goes on and on and on. I think you get what yeah. I'm getting yeah, out here. Yeah. So it's a multifaceted. Not if you hurt your back the day after you leave the job. Yeah. No, but, um, uh, but you know, know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah, some but a lot of these injuries yeah. are happening on the field hundred percent and, and 100%. they might be getting medical advice to say, look, you're a young bloke. You don't you don't need a reconstruction now because if we've got to do a reconstruction now, another one in five years, the effects down the track could be um, you know impactful. Mm. So yeah, I this is certainly something I, I think is. Uh, I, I certainly agree with the players on this one. Um, yep, that you that can't, di- you can't disagree, can you? No, um, because they're not entitled to workers' compensation. So you know, like if we go down in our job, you know. Say falling upstairs as as has happened, as we know. Um, Straight bits of Rio. Yeah, Um, you know we are compensated for that. Um, But these guys, if you if you're a rugby league player over any sort of time period, you're going to get injuries. It's just not if it's when. And uh, and if you look at, uh, for example, Andrew Fifita, he's got a number of injuries. Uh, he retired last year, and and you simply can't have that many surgeries on different parts of the body in twelve months. No. So, you know, I certainly am with the players there. Maybe take it out to a five-year period. Um, but- on retirement, you know, they go and they get scans, and they you say, okay, you've got this wrong with you, this wrong with you, this wrong with you. So over a rolling period of say five years, um, that those things can be tended to. I think uh, I think that's right and fair. I think what I'd like to see is, because um, I often think that, you know, some of these players as well, you see you see sort of injuries pop up and you see things like, I, I was having a chat with someone and they're like, oh, you know, like after 12, 18 months, what more? I said, yeah, but you know, my way of thinking is these guys are going to have more hip and knee replacements than the average Joe Blow out there, right? Although yeah. they've got strength. But, you know, they've, I, I think what I'd like to see personally, I, I was thinking long and hard about this before the podcast, is a superannuation style fund that, 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 that the players are a part of that sort of puts money away 
and, and, and accrues interest or accrues some sort of dividends. So that when, when, when these things come up, there's money there. Like it's not just about five, 10, you know, it's about saying long-term, like these guys make a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, but this is mm. that aside. Hey, you know, they make a lot of money yet. We're, we're here in the off season talking about it and we're itching for day one to start They're You know, they, they deserve what they get. I think for the fairness of the players, if, if someone could start a fund where a player, a club or the NRL could put some sort of money towards that allowed a player like superannuation to draw upon that at certain times for medical expenses, for, for medical expenses, for mental health expenses, for, for, for well-being. I think that's, I think that's a better option than this open style, you know, then, then people say, well, is it elective surgery? Is it for surgery? Is it something that they need? Is they, they got, you know, the average Joe has Bupa. Why don't they just, it's not about that. I think what it's about is saying, look, these guys throw their bodies towards other bodies and, and things, things yeah. wear and tear is fairly, fairly huge. If we could create a fund that, that, that generates interest like superannuation so that they can go, you know what, that they can draw upon it as they need it. They can draw upon it. And, and, and you know what, they can continue. Like, you know, like if they, if they have a job, like take Ryan Girdler was the first one to come to my head, you know, with his cafe and whatnot. If he wants to continue to pour money into that fund, then he can. Because, you know, he might think, you know what, right now I'm okay, but geez, I, my knees are shot. And I know in five years' time, now he hasn't played for how many years, I need knee replacements. Those knee replacements aren't wear and tear because he's walked around or done things or done like we have our lives. That wear and tear is because that guy has run kilometres mm. every day because of his job of being a rugby league player. So I think if there's that kind of fund that could exist, I think that's a, I think that's a really wise way of being able to say to a player, here's an opportunity for you to draw upon it. And, and I suppose a lot of people say, well, what if the fund runs out of money? Well, then, then that's something to talk about, to discuss with players, associations, clubs and whatnot. But if done right, I really think the players could, players could benefit from this, you know, that, that rather than this hit and miss, you know, I, I always feel sorry under the current scheme and, and for feed is one person I could think of where it's like, what if your 367th day issue comes up? Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's, well, that's unlucky. If only something happened two days ago, you'd be right. And I just think that you need something a bit more than, than a date-based system. You need like a, almost a fund that, that people can draw upon. I know what you guys think about that. That was. I, I think this is something yeah. that's been discussed between the NRL and the uh, RLPA. Uh, and I think the RLPA wanted control of such funds. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you need a third-party control of myself. Well, you know... Uh, I agree that there should be a pool of money there that particularly for guys in down the track who, you know, from concussions and such things. Oh yeah. Um, that, that, you know, that there was, there can be help for those people. Uh, but I think it's, it's got funds have got 
be put in by both the NRL and yeah. If the players are serious about, it, they got to put their own. Front I, I like, agree. I you know, fully agree. Um, like you know, any 100%. any of us. You now let's face it. If I want to retire we, we, early, we have, you know, yeah, I agree. It's up to us to fund. Yeah. Um, so and they're getting paid right? a lot more money. If too, I want to, if I want to retire early, what am I doing? I'm putting extra in my super. I think so, that um, I fully agree with that, Griff. I yeah. think that. So I, I support it gonna... absolutely. Yeah. But. You can't say to the NRL, we want control of it. No. If you're not putting any money into it. hundred yeah. percent. And what people need to understand, there's not this endless bucket of money. There's only no. so much no. money to be allocated. And the question I ask you guys is, is when we're allocating money for rugby league, I don't know this and I might be, you know, going down the wrong rabbit hole. How many clubs are actually making a profit in the NRL? How many of these businesses are actually profitable businesses and more so than they were in the past i believe graham because the nr has kicked in uh more money to the clubs in recent years so and uh, whereas in the past there are only one or two making a profit broncos and possibly south sydney Mm. more clubs are now making a profit because the nrl has given them more uh from the uh the tv allocation so is this an issue here too where because the nrl is propping up the clubs the allocation of resources to keep the clubs that the players play for actually yeah. alive and to build these markets. I, 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 I don't think that the average punter actually realises... They they see it from an outsider looking in saying, these blokes are making a lot more money than us. <clears throat> I don't know if people realise just how much of the money that's coming in, pretty much, you know, I'd say the majority of it's from television rights and so on and so forth. How much of that has to actually be divided just to keep the competition running? I think I said, we said it in a podcast a little while ago, we talked about uh, clubs like the Tigers and and the Knights and how the NRL sort of come in and save them and they do this stuff and then they go, all right, now you go off and do your own thing. And and, and I, I sort of thought to myself, I think every club really needs to develop a business plan where within in three years they can at least make a dollar. And I think if you if you told clubs you have to at least start making a dollar, it would get them to be a bit more enterprising in the way they interact with their fans. It'd get them to be a bit more enterprising in the way they interact with the community. Um, I I think that I think that winning football games shouldn't just be the only way you generate revenue. It's a very good way, don't get me wrong. But I think if you said to every club, okay, you've got to present a business model where in three years you're making a dollar, and then in five years you've got to make 10, you know, all of a sudden you can't run at a loss anymore. And it's not about what the NRL give you, it's about what you generate yourself. And I think that all of a sudden marketing and allocation of resources and allocation of funds. I think rugby league clubs actually allocate resourcing and funds very poorly because they know the handouts there. I think if they, you said to an NRL club, here's, you got to make a dollar and you got to prove that you've made one dollar. Um, it, it shows that the, the resources and the revenue streams and the way they allocate and the way they're smart about getting community involvement, I think that would change. I want to I want to bring up a club like New Zealand Warriors. They are a country-based club. They're the only club in one country. 
Why aren't they the highest revenue stream of any NRL club? They've got no competition. And the reason being is because they don't have to. They don't have to generate a revenue. All they've got to do is they've got to get a few bums on seats. They go around, win, lose, or draw. They still know that they're going to exist as a rugby league entity. And I think that's the problem with, with a lot of clubs. Um, and that's why look, Russell Crowe copped a lot of flack way back when, when he, when he went through the member co thing where he said, you guys have got to look after it because if it starts costing me money, I'm out. And a lot of fans went, oh, that's not fair. And it's like, yeah, it is actually fair. You know what? Don't buy your stuff at Rebel. Buy it through the club. And that's not a dig at Rebel. I just did to chose them as an example. But, you know, get a membership if you're serious about following a club. Buy, buy the stuff that gets clubs money, you know. Go into the raffles. Do the things that you need to do to, to generate a bit of revenue. And you know what a lot of people say? Well, if there's, if there's 5,000 people at the game and all of them buy a $2 raffle, that's a bit of coin that can go back into the club. And I think that's the kind of thinking that, the, that rugby league clubs have forgotten about. And that's probably why we're at the impasse we're in. Yeah, it's it's a it's a watch this space. I reckon. I mean, um, I I really, I really think it's one of those things where both sides are going to play hardball. I think this. I don't know about you guys. I feel like this is going to be one of those situations where the actual when the actual rugby league starts, it might actually simmer down a little bit. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, it'll fizzle out I think, a bit. I, I, I actually think the players will hit the field. I don't, gonna, I don't think NRL will play. I don't think that Abdel will play hardball. I think he's just got a line. Yeah. Under the governance structure, oh, he goes, this is what yeah. we're working with. You, you've got to negotiate within this circle. If you've got to find ways to work within this circle, and we'll come and meet, you know, it's not about meeting in the middle. It's about saying, here's the line. How can we funnel and shuffle different things to make sure that this line's not crossed? Yeah. Yeah. And look, in addition to that, um, I suppose the other thing to talk about, guys, um, Signings, re-signings, player movements. Um, the, the players, they're all back at training now. They're, they're, they're also looking at contracts. We know that um, head Dolphin trainer um, Wayne Bennett is getting his team together. Um, we were all Dolphin trainers in a previous he's, life. But he's got the bucket of pilchards, that's good. He's got the bucket of pilchards and they're ready. They're doing all the tricks up there in, um, in Redcliffe. But um, look, not only um, a Redcliffe, we know that they've basically got a new squad. They're, they're starting um, from afresh. There's a lot of fresh faces that are popping up at Canterbury. And I think probably one of the biggest signings uh, since we've been on the podcast last time, Griffo, would be the, um, the new additions over at the Canterbury Panthers. Uh, sorry, Bulldogs, I should say. Um, most notably... Um, Stephen Crichton heading off to the Bulldogs. He is joining this, um, I suppose, this migration of Panthers uh, into the Canterbury area and becoming Bulldogs. And uh, you're, we're even having a chat around the water cooler today about another possible Panther who could be making that move as well. Uh, so, Signed, get... Graham. Gone. Gone. Spencer Lenu, gone. Done. Spencer Lenu, gone. Gone. So there's another one there. Um, yeah. Gus Gould and Cameron Seraldo really using their connections at Penrith to start to to build a competitive squad. Even if this year isn't maybe going to be their year, 
2024 is really starting to build for them too. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I'll get on to that in a sec, but I go back quite a while and I was thinking about this this afternoon. I've never seen in all the decades I've been watching rugby league, so going back to, you know, the mid, early to mid 70s, I've never seen a raid from one club on another club like this. Mm. Um, we go back to the 70s and Manly were a hated team. And the reason they were a hated team was because initially they raided the Rabbitohs, signing uh, guys like John O'Neill, Ray Brannigan, and there might have been one or two others. They did it again in the late in the late in the, in the late mid, 70s. To late, mid to late nineties too. I okay, think it was that's something true. ridiculous. <laughs> where yeah. It was. It was something like yeah. it was Ian ten Roberts. South Juniors. Ten South Juniors in a yeah. premiership winning Spud team. Carroll, yeah. Um Terry Hill. The, in in the late seventies. Yeah. Oh yeah, late seventies, of course. Late seventies, yeah. yeah. um their their target was the Western Suburbs Magpies, who, who at the time mm. I, I was a follower of. Uh, they signed, uh, indeed. Uh, I think it was 1979. Uh, they signed uh, John Dorohy, Ray Brown, and Les Boyd. And uh, they also signed, maybe a year or two later, uh, the one and only John Rebo de Brazac. Um, and like Manly, you know, Manly, Manly was, was certainly the hated side. Uh, and that sort of stuck with a lot of people who still hate Manly. And and, and I think, uh, you know, not a thing. The reason was that uh, they were seen as, and Roy Masters coined the term in the 70s, the silver tails. They were the guys thought to have all the money and they, you know, went and pillaged uh, some of the poorer clubs and were hated for it. But they didn't care. They, they were winning premierships. Um, and, and some people still ha have that hatred of, of, the, of the Manly Seagulls, Manly Warringah Seagulls. But what they did was nothing compared to what the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs have done to the Penrith Panthers. Now, this is a business. They've got every right to, to do what's best for their, for their club. I've got no problem with that. Um, but don't mean I don't like it. So Phil Gould obviously <clears throat> was previously the, uh, uh, I'm not quite sure what the term, general manager of football or something like that at Penrith. Uh, when Ivan Cleary came in, uh, it was felt that his job was done and, uh, and the club and Gus Gould parted ways. Now, Gus Gould did a great job for Penrith. Had he have not gone there, that club more than likely would not exist today because they were broke. And it was uh, Gus Gould who, who, with his connections to, to James Packer, um, got the money to keep the club afloat. And, and now, obviously, they're, you know, they've gone on to great things. Gus Gould got the centre of excellence up and running. He put in place uh, what at the time was referred to as a five-year plan. Um, it turned out that you know they didn't win the comp within the five years, but they've won two just outside that. About you know, so Gus Gould 
was a godsend for the Panthers. He is now doing a similar job at the Bulldogs, setting this club up for long-term success and uh, and indeed short-term success as well. Um, He's put in place uh, strategies there for long-term success, but uh, the raids that they've had, particularly on the Panthers, are designed for also short-term success. Mm. Now, uh, we saw Matt Burton, uh, the first to leave. Burton played in the Premiership two years ago, uh, first to join the Dogs. We've seen uh, since that time, last year, or sorry, the previous year after the grand final, they signed Viliami Kikau. Um, we saw Viliami Kikau in a Bulldogs jersey, and that came out in the media, and someone lost their job about it for the Canterbury Leagues Club. Um I didn't have a, a real problem with it because, again, um, you know, Viliami Kikau, uh, he's been great. He was great for Penrith. I say was because he's no longer there. Won two premierships. He was an integral part of that. But he was bought to the Panthers via the, the North Queensland Cowboys. He didn't come through the system. Uh, we've seen... In, in, in the last couple of days or last week, two guys who are juniors of the Penrith Club come through all the development systems and basically they did it together. They went to school together. Uh, they were very close, uh, Spencer Lenu and Stephen Crichton signed with the Bulldogs. Now, again... The Bulldogs are doing what's best for the Bulldogs, and so they should. What's um, the total number of Panthers that have gone minus Seraldo? What's the total number of Panthers that have gone to the players? Um, well, you've got high-profile guys: Burton, Kickow, Crichton, Lenu. Um, I think that's it. Um, I've, I've got, you know, I said I can't, I can't be critical of the Bulldogs. They're doing what's mm. best for them. They, you know, yeah. under the rules, they're allowed to do it. Um, there was apparently a gentleman's agreement between Ivan Cleary and Cam Seraldo that Seraldo was not going to pillage uh, any Panthers players. Well, I, I don't know that uh, taking two twenty-two-year-old guys, Crichton and, and Lenu. Um, with a decade of, of rugby league in the NRL ahead of them. I don't know quite where that fits into uh, we're not going to take any uh, of your players. Um, why, are they, why are they leaving Penrith? Is this, is this one of those things where they're chasing money? Is this one of those things where Penrith are saying we don't have room under them uh, for them under the cap? Because if I want to play for any team in the competition right now and I want to win a premiership, I'm playing at Penrith. What do you, why do you think these guys are leaving? I'll talk about Spencer first. Um, I think for him, over the last few years, he's played small minutes, sometimes only like 22, 23 minutes a game. Um, and I guess he looks at the fact that in front of him, as starting props, you've got James Fisher-Harris, 
who's without doubt in the top three props in the in the NRL, and Moses Leota, highly underrated, a guy who was, in my opinion, the best prop in the final series last year. Um, Latrell Mitchell might want to attest to that after the hit he put on him um, in that game against the Rabbitohs. But Leota was outstanding in, in the grand final as well. He was the best on ground as far as uh, prop forwards went. So Lenu probably thinks, well, you know, those both those guys are so, signed to long-term contracts. I'm never going to be a starting front rower while either of those guys are there. Uh, and and to be fair, he's he's as I said, I, I don't I think he's been underutilized in terms of game time. Um, I'm sure that the Bulldogs would be paying him more money. You'd have to pay him more money to get him out of a, a mm-hmm. team that's just won two premierships in a row. Um, more money, Seraldo, more minutes to play with him, mate. Well, he's very close with Crichton. I, I remember seeing a, quite a few years ago an interview with Stephen Crichton talking about, you know, they went to school together um, and there was a game apparently where it was like an all-in brawl and Crichton was about to get involved in, in uh, Len, you sort of grabbed, told him, said, you know, you're too good for this. You know, stay out of it. Um, so they've got this close relationship. Um, I think the deals were probably done some time ago. Uh, there's been talk about Spencer leaving Penrith for quite a few years. Um, but anyway, he's gone. Um, reality is, I think he's a he's a really good player. He he's an impact player off the bench, and he makes a huge impact when he comes. He, he changes momentum. Uh, he makes ground. He makes a lot of meters. He scores a lot of tries for a front rower. A lot of tries, um, and I, I'm going to miss him. Uh, but he's replaceable because they've got Eddie Blacker who I think uh, has great potential as an impact player. Uh, hasn't He's only played maybe one or two first-grade games for the Panthers. Uh, and uh, he was very, very good in the, uh, in the final series for the uh, New South Wales Cup team. Very good also in when they, when they played the Queensland Cup winners. And I think uh, he is a ready-made replacement uh, for Spencer. Um, they've also got Lindsay Smith, who's a very good uh, player, not explosive in in the in the sense like Spencer, but they've got plenty of props. So I, I don't think that's going to have quite as much impact as as Stephen Crichton. And um, for mine, they have no other player in the club that I'm aware of that can do what Crichton can do. Um, if you look at a highlights reel of what that guy's done in a short career, um, he's been responsible for winning grand finals. Yeah, I'd rather not look at the highlight reel because most of the time Cody Walker's passed it in the saw what he also (laughs) did for Samoa in the World Uh, Cup. He is an absolute match winner. Quality player. He is. You can't replace that. Like, you know, a lot of... what I've seen a lot of comments on social media and whatnot, and they say, oh, we'll just bring someone else in. 
there's no one that can do what he does. And in this Penrith team, he is unique in that he is tall. All their backs are quite short. Very good players. But Crichton is the only guy who's got that tall, uh, athletic body and can jump high. Um, so both in attack and in defence, I think Penrith are really limited once Crichton goes in terms of ball in the air. Um, they're not going to score a lot of tries from a high ball. Also, Viliami Kikau, with, you know, he was quite good with that too, coming through uh, from a clear bomb. He's gone. So they don't have that height there. But also, when they're defending their own line, any team, you line them up against the Penrith back line, and they're going to be significantly taller. And while, you know, they're great players, um, the likes of Dylan Edwards, uh, Brian Toto, Taylor May, back three, they're fantastic, but they're really susceptible to uh, big, tall guys like your Joseph Suwalis, your, your Tupos, uh, your Campbell Grant. I've just sort of picked out a few there. But mm-hmm. most teams, big Ronaldo, uh, tall, Ronaldo Militalo. Those guys have got something, uh, like a bit of an extra half a foot height on, on the Penrith guys. So I, I see that as a concern. Uh, add to Crichton's uh, string of, uh, or uh, on his bow, he's also a, a high-quality goal kicker. Um, I, I think he's going to be a big loss for Penrith. And in, in, uh, in as I said, he's quite unique in... In what he offers the team, um, he's not just an intercept merchant. He just reads the play well. He's got instinct, and in the big moments, he's the guy you want on the field winning your games. So he's a massive signing for the Bulldogs, um, a huge signing. And the future for those guys in blue and white really does look good. Uh, I agree with you, Graham, and what you said earlier. I don't know that they're going to make the eight this year. They're a big chance. But once uh, once you bring Steve Crichton, and, and, and certainly Lenu is going to add to their forward pack, um, what I think will probably happen is Luke Thompson will be let go. He, he must be getting close to the end of his contract. He's on huge money. And I think uh, we might see Lenu in... Thompson out, uh, and uh, well, there's all sorts of accusations that the Bulldogs' sombrero is even bigger than that of the Roosters. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, guys leaving the club who were overpaid on big money, and uh, and I don't think they're breaking the cap just yet, but they must be getting pretty close. And yeah, the other player at Canterbury that. Um... We haven't really talked about, and um, obviously it's a bit of an unknown. Um, from what I'm understanding, from what I've read recently, Bronson Cherry's going to be there in 2024, yeah. yes. which is the same Drug year free. that Crichton comes in. Now, the thing you've got to remember with Bronson Cherry, um, in 2020, I think it would have been, he was given a four-year ban. Um, would that yeah. be right? And then he comes back in 2024. Um He's only a young man too. 
And I know, and I and I know. When I say, look, he's been out of the game for a while, this and that, but he showed a lot of promise. So I think he's just one of those ones, just to keep in the back of your mind, knowing that he's going to be in this bulldog squad as well. But um, look, just before we finish, I think, I think with the dogs, just just to yeah, just a little thing on dogs. I think I think in talking with a few Panthers fans, it's the Crichton. I agree with Griffith. It's Crichton signing the hurts. Like Burton, when Burton got signed, Burton was more or less in the wilderness. He was playing there or thereabouts, and all of a sudden he sort of broke into the side, played some phenomenal football. He had already put his put pen to paper. I think Villanui Kikau, most Panthers fans would agree, has played more good games than he's probably got in the future. He's, you know, he's probably he's probably at the point. Not, would he be? Would he? Would they want to see him in a Penrith jersey? Of course they would. Don't oh yeah, absolutely. But, but but the thing is, you know, looking long term, um, that's the case. Um, Lee New is, is another one who fine young player, but he's got coverage. It's the Stephen Crichton one that just seems to have been the straw that broke the camel's back. That you could have had another three Penrith signings, and I don't think I think people would have said, oh, you know, they've signed a lot of people. I think I think also on top of that, when you look at who the dogs have signed from other clubs. We're going to remember the dogs haven't had a lot of success in junior football for a while. They made the final of the New South Wales cup uh, against Penrith, but outside of that, they've really been languishing. And I think what, I think what the management did last year and into this year, and what I think into what they'll continue doing next year is to say, look, we probably don't have the depth of people coming through that we really need to be a competitive rugby league side. So we've got to buy one. And I don't think, I think that there's some key areas. They're still, they're still lacking in, in, in key personnel. But I think when you look at it, they've, they're this club that seems to have built a lot of, it seems to have built their team on being able to, it's almost like looking at their sides, like watching super league, uh, not super league. Um, Fantasy League, what are they called? You know what I mean. Um, yeah, it's just like let's let's we'll give you this much money. You pick a side and see how it goes week to week. It's a lot stronger this year, but yeah, I I can understand why Penrith fans, you know, like you know, we talk about some of the sides, and we sort of if I said four key players, um, plus probably some others to make up the thirty. You can start. You can see why Crichton was the straw that broke the camel's back. I, mm. I think, you know, I, I, I can, I can, I can sympathise with him somewhat there. So yeah, I, I think the dogs. It's quite interesting when you look at the dogs. They are a team that the moment is made, not built. If you get what I mean. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And I, I think there's at the end of the day, all that matters is. Oh yeah, they're off the ball. They'll win more. They'll win more games, definitely this year, and I think they'll win more again in 2024. And I think a lot of this comes back really to it that Penrith had a really talented young side, and now these players are all starting to to be worth more money. I think it's a cap thing too, and I think Penrith have had to make some hard decisions in regards to re-signings. And key players they want to re-sign. Because if you look at the players, and I know we went through this in a podcast last year, the players that they've re-signed long-term are those key players. And also, too, um, 
you know, one of the, the key, um, you know, re-signings, you know, like Liam Martin, um, that, that, that's the other news. I mean, Liam Martin's signed until the end of the 2024 season. Players like him, that's a, that's a given if you're the Penrith Panthers. You've got to, you've got to tie up these players. And once you put in long-term contracts for your Brian Tottos, your Isaac Tagos, your James Fisher-Harris, your Nathan Clearys, um, your Taylor Mays, just to name a few... It is one of those things where um, this young, talented side can be very expensive, and you'd imagine your players like your your Crichton, your Linu, they're getting offered this the the money that they they deserve for for their um, their quality and their um, their experience. Now, um, other clubs are able to pay them that money, so um, yeah, it'd be very very interesting to see uh, the impact going forward on the Panthers side because. I think the difference with Penrith now, guys, is the fact that whilst they always had the largest junior base, they actually are now doing a really good job at utilizing that talent yeah. coming through. I think I think also I think also I think that I think, you know, I remember with that in twenty thirteen when the discussion came around should there be cap concessions, um, a lot of clubs were asked just to say yes or no. Penrith was one of the clubs that said no, because at the time if you look at the players they had, they didn't have what they've got now. Now it's starting to come up again. Penrith's one of the clubs that says yes. There's a whole plethora of clubs like like the Dogs and say no. I think we've really got to start just just wiping the slate clean and saying, you know what? If you've if you've bred a player from Harold Matz and he's still playing with you well into his career, I don't know how many years that is. Do we start looking at at some sort of at some sort of reduction? Um, you know, it, it's it's something that I think a if we're going to look at protecting players, and we are going to look at maybe creating certain avenues for them to put money away for medical expenses. Um, I think that if a club can play a player what they feel is worth, and at the same time get some sort of compensation from the cap, I, I think that's a I think that's a positive move forward. I, I, I think I'm not saying from you know way back when but definitely if you've got a player from Harold Matz that every club has an option to put a player in um, and the Queensland equivalent then then maybe we should start looking at something because yeah. uh, this is going to get worse for certain clubs and us three on this podcast now our clubs are two of the clubs which is A it's heavily it's already heavily impacted one um, in the past and it will continue to impact both our clubs into the future. Yeah. A um, few other signings happening around the place. Um, there's been heaps happening. Um, just thinking of some higher profile names that people listening would uh, be interested in. Um, I don't even remember talking about this one around the water cooler at work either, fellas. Um, Marty Tapao heading off to, to Brisbane. Interesting signing from... Uh, mine um the one thing we've got to keep in mind now it, it gets away from us it's not an old man but it is in rugby league standards uh, he's 32 years old he's got a lot of experience um panic signing mate it was a panic signing what what do you think the when you say panic signing there a, a brisbane needing something was i mean if you if you're an outsider looking in even if you're the broncos reviewing that season if you're a broncos fan that was the season I, where they should have been in the finals. They should have done X, Y, Z. They should have yeah, been more I, 
competitive? Are they just trying to do something to say, look, we're trying to do something? I think, I think, the, I think, I think, I think Kevy's clutching at straws. I think he's, you know, I think this is one of those arguments where, well, I lost Lodge and look what's ha- look what he's doing. Well, what, what, am I, you know, what do you expect me to do? Um, we know that that club has had a few issues of late uh, regarding the 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 what would you say the confidence in the coaching staff um, can only be one now because the head coach has basically binned everyone. Um, I think I think this is one of them panic signings where it's like let's get this old head who knows how to play rugby league who's who's big and strong, who can, who's this fairly safe rugby league player. Don't get me wrong, but I, I just don't think he's what Brisbane need. I think. No, you know, I agree. I don't think he's, I don't think they are. need what Brisbane need. I don't think he's going to add any value. And this is not, this is not being rude to, to power. I think to powers, you know, he's a very solid player and has been for years. I just but he's not going to be the answer to their problems. He's not the answer to their as problems. As good as he may be, if he comes you know, in and has a great season. He's not got, the answer to their problems. They've got, they've got, I mean, who else have they got coming? They've got Reese Walsh coming in. That'll be an yeah. interesting signing. Um, he's a very talented young man. Um, Jock Madden from the Tigers and, um, or Jesse Arthur's returning, I suppose. But, um, you know, some would argue that the Broncos are just sort of trying to replace some of the players they lost and, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I think Reece they're, they're watching space. Reese Walsh coming in, it's going to be the biggest discussion of where is he going to play? Where can I play? I want to play here. You play there. You know, and, you know, like, let's face it, Adam Reynolds hasn't taken the training pitch yet hardly because he's um because of his injury he's only sort of just I like so you know is he in the half is he you know there's when you take you take a guy like Reese Walsh and you go okay all right yeah it's good signings a very good talented player he's like he's like Callum Ponga you know great play to have on your team lots of skill but if you don't you know if you don't know how to use him He's going to be their fullback. He's a racehorse, you know. You give me the world's best racehorse. I'm not going to jump. I can't jump on its back and frigging ride it to the Melbourne Cup. All I can do is go, well, well done. I'll eat some of my grass and I'll pat you and things will be great. But really, Mm. I don't really know what to do with you. I think that's the problem with Reese Walsh. He's gone to a club and I don't really think they're going to know what to do with him. He's... You know, he's going to be. It's it's going to remind me of of when you know Johnson was in those you know those years where where Johnson was sort of languishing, where he was trying to do everything and doing nothing, and, and maybe a bit of what Pong has done in the past. And yeah, I, 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 will he add value? Of course he will, but I don't think he's going to add points, competition points. I don't think he's going to get the extra two competition points that's going to get them into the finals. I don't know if he's going to get him into the final, but I think he's a good sign. I mean, oh, it's a good sign. The guy's a quality player. He just doesn't know. They won't he's know got, he's a bit of a loose cannon off the field, yeah. obviously. He's had you know, a, number of, a number of problems off the field. Um, but he can play. Uh, and he certainly is going to add to their uh, attacking arsenal. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I think they're better with him than, than without. Him. Oh, hundred percent. I just think that. Oh yeah. If he, if you, he, you're worried signed, they won't know how to utilize no, him. Yeah. He'll be if there. If he and got signed, look, if he got signed, go be MIA. Penis, South Roosters, Storm, 
sharks. They, I, I reckon the coaching staff go, right, we've got this plan. I think they've got this young man with no plan. And it's like I said, it's like giving me a racehorse. I, thank you. It's great to have one, but I don't know how to use it. He's, and you know, the, Sean Johnson was like that for many years. Brilliant player, added absolute value to the team. But really the people that were up in the box with the walkie-talkie didn't know what to do with him. And I, I sadly think that's what's going to happen here. Is 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 part of your uh, concern here? Um, look, Kevin Walters. He's been described as a great bloke, but not a great coach. Great bloke, um, yeah. <laughs> look, coach. I know, I know that was Selwyn Combo on a different yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, and he we said might have to get here. Selwyn on here. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> is he so Selwyn? Is he a good Imagine. coach now? Has he learned how to coach yet? Yeah. Imagine him in the backseat of the carpool rugby league vehicle with it's... a with a couple of beverages under his belt. <laughs> but my problem. No, but yeah. is that is that is that part of it though? Is you know when you say they don't know what to do with him, I'm not saying you're having a crack at no the coach, no. but no, I think I genuinely think that that they think he's going to turn up and he's going to fulfil all these bases and and do it with like you know like look at okay. Brisbane Broncos last year, they created this whirlwind start on the back of two things. A very, very good go forward from their forward pack. Their forward pack got on the front foot very quickly. Uh, second phase play out of their halfback, who was Adam Reynolds at the time, and they coupled that with a phenomenal kicking game. Adam Reynolds' kicking game, when he played in those first half season games, was immaculate. It was flawless. It, it probably was the best kicking game in the NRL in a team that was the Broncos. You then flip that to all of a sudden teams going, well, it's okay, all we've got to do is pin them in there, down in their own end, lots of pressure on, on, on Reynolds. Reynolds has a few more games out. Injuries start to compound. The team's not getting a go forward because the player isn't punching the ball into the in goal like Reynolds was doing and getting it to sit up like Reynolds was doing. And all of a sudden it became an issue. How is Reese Walsh going to get them to reinvent those two things? Now I'm not asking Reese Walsh to do it. I'm asking the coaching staff to do it, but it's that having a guy like Reese Walsh is great, but he doesn't have the kicking game that's required of it. And he doesn't know how to play the second phase play at the forwards. He's, he's got a good running game. And I think that I, I think they're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Like the peg's great, it's got lots of talent, it's just can't fit in the hole at the moment. I, I think if they want to play to his strengths, he plays fullback and um, yeah, he does a lot of. Play uh, that's the only place I've got for him in that side. Well, that's, that's his, only that's place. his position. I know. I know I'd say in a, a I, I'd say. Ma'am and Reynolds will start the year in the halves. A lot of talk is, is that, that he wants to play in the halves. I don't think, no. For reasons best known to him and God. Anyway. Well, um, just on the halves there, and on, they also, uh, well, the young guy who apparently is quite a gun player, uh, has his name is uh, Carl Olaapu. Uh, yeah, he's signed with the Bulldogs for four yep. seasons. Um, he's a half back. Yep. 
And uh, apparently, again, I've not seen the young man play, but apparently he's uh, he's very, very highly credentialed. Comes, comes with some the Bulldogs would not have signed him for four years. Comes with some very big reps. Yeah, so um, I think he might have been the guy that says, I'm never going to play with the Broncos. And, uh, yeah. That's the guy. Um, and eventually they've let him go and he's gone to the Bulldogs I think, as well. I think what you'll see by about round 17 this year is a Broncos outside the eight in that precarious position where they're two or four points away from it. They're going to lose, which will put them six points adrift with a lot of teams between them and the eight. And I think there'll be an inquiry into what's going, into exactly what's going on and how they got to this position. And I think you'll see some heads roll. A club like Brisbane do not want this to happen. The old only, prediction from Shano. Oh, the only thing saving the Broncos, in my opinion, is the fact that the team down the road is going to play just as bad, if not worse. Well, they've got a good. Just on to Power again. Just uh, uh, there's a big question mark at the moment over Payne Haas, uh, given yeah. the you know family mm-hmm. circumstances. Yeah. So maybe they're thinking, look. Oh, I agree. We'll bring this guy in as a bit of a cover. Like he's not a starting prop, obviously, to Powell, and he might not even be in the top seventeen. But if you know if there is or there are ongoing issues with Payne Haas, um, you've got this guy who is an experienced guy. They've got Flegler there, who is very mm-hmm. good. Uh, Paliasia is there this year, but he's leaving. Yep. To go to the Gold Coast next year. But he's, he's handy. Um, I'd imagine to power coming off the bench with Haas yeah. and Flegler starting. The other guy that was good for him last year up front when he came down from the Cowboys. Um, just looking to see his name, which is escaping me at the moment. Uh, Corey Jensen. He was really good for mm. him last year. So they got plenty of props there. Mm. And young Xavier Willison, I, I believe, who's long-term sign there, young guy. Think he's a prop as well. Um, so I, th- I think you know they're thinking, well, gee, you know, we we could have a problem with Payne Haas um, potentially um, with the with all that's been going on, uh, um, and I think maybe we we just need to just uh, improve our depth in in the front row. Um, yep. But yeah, that's the Broncos. Uh, some very interesting happenings over that they've had offs field problems all over the place. I think it's TC Rabadi who's had at least two issues in this off-season. Uh, an issue again, I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, driving without a license or something like that. But he had another issue uh, more significant than that. Um, lot of problems for this club off-field. Yeah, and it uh, can't be left up to Staggs and Farnworth to, to, to do everything. As it was sometimes throughout the year last year, yeah. I think um, I, I, you know it- a, a a Ford who I think oh, look a Ford who I think we haven't mentioned, who I think is is just absolute is absolute class. He's he's so good. I think I think he's the guy that they should really start making their flagship Ford is Kurt Capel. Oh, yeah. I, actually. 
thought you were going to say Pat Carrigan. I was scared enough for Pat Carrigan. Pat Carrigan, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, but I think Kurt Capewell probably probably mentioned that. I probably said that in the wrong light. What I'm saying is, as a guy, I think I think everyone knows Pat Carrigan is awesome. Yeah. Whereas I think a guy I, who I think Brisbane gets fans have been looking for more from Capewell. Yeah, I think well, he's yeah, a guy he that they've the got to poorly last year. Yeah, he I think he's well. a guy that they've got to yeah. you know put 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 some faith behind. And, but Patrick Carrigan speaks for himself. He's, he's a gun. Yeah. I, I'm not too sure. Like, okay, I know they're probably going to power on their bench, but you know you could imagine that. Um, yeah. Palacea, Pax, and Jensen probably going to round out that bench. I, I, I don't know. <coughs> anyway, yeah. we've spoken a lot about a team that's probably... Who knows? You know, they could make the eight. You never know. They um, could. They're, look, they're very capable. They've, they've got the squad to do it. Whether they've yep. got the coach to do it, I think some of their players don't believe that. So, um, How many times have you ever seen a a situation where two guys from a club have come out and criticized no. the coach publicly basically yeah. well, that's that's almost that's almost grounds for that's what worries know, me and, about this and this moment. is what this is what makes me think that this isn't the Brisbane of old like if that was Penrith Storm Souths Sharks like like the, you know the the Roosters that player would have just been it would have been Curtains for that player. Who was Thick. it that made the other comment a while back saying that? Jason Gamble. Was yeah. that the? That's right. That was the comment about um, saying if you want to go to someone about a play or something on the field, you go to Reynolds Adam if you want to. Yeah, Adam Reynolds yeah. is coach. Well, that, that was you know I know that now Adam Reynolds is is known for being a very good uh, coach, you know in in the in the background. But apparently, yeah, it the word. Kevin Walters has a bit of experience too. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has, and he won State of Origin series, but oh, that's three games. Had, I was going to say <laughs> three we, games we, a year with the, also, <laughs> the best Queensland side that's you know, ever existed. To be fair, I reckon if us three did the uh, Walker brother trick and us three became joint coaches <laughs> of the Queensland Rugby League side with the team they had. I'd be pretty disappointed if we didn't get the win. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, lot of other news happening. Um, I think a lot of the other things that have been happening since we've uh, last been on, a lot of contract extensions. Um, the Warriors have extended a, uh, quite a few of their players. Um, <sighs> Havili with South. I think Afol was the one the Warriors I was thinking of. Um, Blake Laurie. Um, signed on for a bit more at the Dragons. Um, so I, th- I think we're seeing players, um, oh, sorry, teams trying to, you know, extend those players and trying to shuffle the deck because it's it's one of those things that we've got to take into account too with all these signings, guys. It, it, it was quite late in the piece that the, um, the salary cap uh, amount was announced. I think there were a lot of, yeah. lot of clubs trying to announced re-signings. I mean, we know that um, the big talk when we were on the podcast uh, previously was were South Sydney going to to re-sign Walker, Cook, and also Latrell Mitchell. Um, not only did they re-sign Walker and Cook 
to the end of 2025. They've locked Luttrell in to the end of 2027. Um, that's big. That's, that's, that's big. That's a long contract. He's now basically talking about the Rabbitohs being the club he wants to be at for the rest of his career. I mean, obviously, these contracts, um, you know, we've seen players signed to, to you know, five-year contracts and they see out two years of them. Um, I know if I was to ask you, Shane, I know that, you know, you might feel I'm skipping mm-hmm. past you here because I know, I know, you know, where you're, where you're coming from. I'll get your thoughts in a minute. But just because of the talk that was happening uh, in the lead up to this one, Griffo, about, you know, they were still saying the big three, the Walker, Cook and um, Latrell Mitchell contracts. As someone who's, you know, a follower of a different club, uh, a rival club, um, I just wanted to get your thoughts, especially with players like Damian Cook and Cody Walker, given the fact that these players now, I mean, Damian Cook's 31. Um, Cody Walker, I'd have to double check, but I think he'd be getting into similar territory there. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. Is it a case of if they're still playing good football, age doesn't matter? Well, it depends how much you're paying them because there's a salary cap. So... Yeah, Latrell's a young guy. Um, mm-hmm. well, he's about 25, Latrell. Yeah. He said he's signed till the end of 27, so mm-hmm. you know, that's going to take him through to he's about 30, 29, 30. Um, Cody Walker, sorry, guys, 33. Cody Walker 33. is 33 yeah, at the moment. Depends how much they're paying him, Graham. Um, yeah. He came into the NRL around about the age of 26, so... Um, There was the controversy over Reynolds who wanted, I think it was, was it two years he wanted or three? And he wanted three. three years. Okay. And they weren't prepared to pay him for three years. They were prepared to give him a one-year contract. Mm. Um, Walker is was similar age. And they've, they've given him quite a few years. Now, again, it depends on how much they're paying him. Um, we know he's a quality player. Personally, I how how many years did he recent till the end of is it twenty five? So to the end of twenty five. So he'll be okay. thirty five when his contract finishes. Yeah, I, I I personally would not have done thirty five, close to thirty six. So a year or two too many. Yeah. Depending on again what the amount was, but but he was already signed for this year. That's what he I'm was. Saying. He yeah. was. It's Maybe an extension. So Maybe with, with Reynolds as well, Reynolds yeah. was offered the two-year contract and denied it. It was offered to, okay. Yeah. So basically okay. what they've done is they've offered Cook and they've offered Cook and Walker the same premise that basically you're, you're going to be signed for two years, which is an option of a third based on your performance. Now, Damian Cook was really upset with it. He was really frustrated with it. Um, I think he's uh, past Solly, his best. Blake Solly had a had a had a lunch with him and his manager and basically said, "Look, mate, you want a third year? That's up to you. You play well, you get it. If you don't play well, you don't. We're not saying you're not going to get signed. If you're one of the premier um, hookers in the game, by the time the end of your contract comes around, we'll roll you around again. But it's it's only for a year. Um, you know, if 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 you're found wanting, and what we're finding is is that you're playing New South Wales Cup with someone like Mamazelos um, starting the side. Well, don't, don't get upset when you're not offered anything. So they played a bit of hardball. They played a bit of hardball there. 
Yeah, I, I think he's past his best. Still a very good player, mm-hmm. but you don't yeah. want to lose your up-and-coming no. uh, hooker in, in Mamazelos. Um, and I don't know what his situation is in terms yeah, he's... of his contract. But... I think it was all a bit strategic. Um, Mamazelos, he uh, extended, was it last year? He's up to the end of 24. And I think it was one of those things where they were very clever about ensuring that he was signed, he was locked in, because I think that someone, and I know I'm going back here almost, you know, probably a year and a half they signed him, but he's probably signing thinking, oh, I don't know how many years Cook has left in him, maybe one, two, who knows. And they've locked him in long term, and then the Cook signing afterwards. So um, Cook signed at twenty five. I think that's yeah. I, and and, I, and if you look at the South list, there aren't a lot of players who are signed that long. And the ones that are signed, you can tell that they've obviously um, been very strategic. If I list the players from the Rabbitohs squad that are signed uh, for the two thousand twenty five season, you've got Alex Johnston, who's also been around for a long time. That 2025 season, that'll be his probably 11th season in the NRL. But he's still relatively yeah. young. He's not, not an old yeah. man, Johnston. Um, so you got... I'll just go through the names quickly. These are the ones that are contracted through to 2025. So have, including this season, coming up three on the contract. Johnston, Cam Murray, Cody Walker, Damian Cook, Daniel Saluka-Fafida, David Mowali, uh, Lachlan Ilias. Obviously, we talked about Latrell going through to 2027. Uh, Saliva Havili, and then the only other two players are um, two youngsters who are on developmental contracts at the moment in Talis Duncan and Tyrone Munro. Um, they're the only players that are signed through to that stage. Obviously, a lot of players, including members of Los, as we said, um, Kalama Matangi, uh, Jai Arrow, Isaac Thompson, Isaiah, Isaiah Tass, um, Campbell Graham, signed through to, to 2024. So there are a lot of players, I think, playing for a contract this year at South Sydney. They're another one of those teams that... Um, Tom Burgess a, uh, won. Yeah. Uh, for this year. Yeah. And yeah, it, it'll be very interesting to see because he's another one of those players who, um, you know, you may think it's the end of the road for him and then he plays good football. Yeah, I don't um, think it's him. I think he's, he's he's a really important part of this team. Yeah, I think another player who this year with a bit of luck with injuries could uh, in turn become a player playing for a contract is Jed Cartwright. I think he's been very unlucky with, um, he's had with a lot, injuries. Even when he was at Penrith, he had a yep. lot of injuries. Um, and, re- and depending on where they want to go in the halves long term now, I mean, with someone like Dean Hawkins looking at... Um, Players like Ilias and, and Cody Walker signed. He might... Who knows what his options are. Blake Taff's only signed for this year. The um, the enigma is that is Blake Taff and the situation there with his contract. Uh, hopefully we see a bit more football out of him this year. So they're, they're in a bit of an interesting situation. I think they were holding back. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's all... I think it's all sort of wind and hiss. You know, like... like I think that they have been strategic. They've they've also been very frugal with their money. Um, 
they understand the cap. They understand some of the players they've got and some of the players coming off and what they're going to have to pay for them. Um, they want to start seeing people like Talis Duncan, who who was touted as one of the best young forwards coming through rugby league um, from from Brisbane, um, do you know build him and try and do well. A lot of, South copped a lot of flack for not signing anyone. I think when you look at it. I don't think they needed to. Who on, who out there would actually add more value for the price in coming to South? Um, yeah, I, I think that when you look at who's coming off contract, you're probably going to find that that you know they're going to look at okay, do I stay to sort of sit in the wings or do I leave to go to green the pastures? And and I think. This is a very big year for South Sydney. If they can, if they can produce something special this year, you'll find a lot of those players will stay because they'll understand what's what's before them. I think if if South Sydney languish outside the four and and, and do it the hard way, uh, I think some of those players might look at other clubs coming through and going, well, really, I could sign with them, and and. Um, and do just as well. I think, I think the methodology that South Sydney use, have used, in regards to, to what they've done with signings and, and and working on juniors and working on what they got this year, it's going to only work if they have a very very good year on the football field, um, mm. and that's up to them. The um you know. the other signing I saw. Uh, that I thought I'd mention was um, the extension of Nick Meany at uh, the Melbourne Storm, mm-hmm. and th- this is this is another club here where they've got some really key players signed in long term. I mean, obviously your Munsters, your Hughes, uh, Olams there long term, Ryan Pappenhausen, um, Xavier Coates. Um, for a player like Nick Meany, I think this is a good. A good contract to get another year at the Storm to be a part of this squad, but this is an interesting thing I think also too, guys. With the with the Storm, um, they've I'm I'm looking at their gains and losses. They've um, I mean obviously I, I feel like w- with the Storm, they may have lost um, obviously more than what they've signed and brought in, uh, but they're they're also one of those teams that just seems to to find that 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 talent from within. Um, do we? I'd imagine we'd oh, see Nick Meany, former Bulldog, coming in here. He'd be he'd be one of those players that I they'd think, be looking at being yeah. a, a key I part of this team. I think he'd start on on the wing. Um, no. I I think let's look at the. I reckon if you're going to look at the Storm, why not look at the Roosters at the same time? Because I think one of the key losses for the Storm is yeah. a very big game for the <laughs> Roosters. Um, and yeah, you know, a lot's been made. You know, you talk to a lot of Storm fans, they're saying, well, you know, great player, but somewhat good riddance, you know, like it, 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 a bit, few issues that we didn't really want to see. You talk to Roosters fans, I'm glad we've got him, but geez, I hope he doesn't do anything wrong. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. I think when, you look at, when you look at those two teams, I think if you look at them side by side, it's a really good thing because, you know, the Storm have got Harry Grant um, filling that role. Um, I, like I said, I think Nick Meany, and I'm sure we're all on the grand. So I'm sure he'll he'll be well. He'll be, I, he'll, he'll be on the wing for sure. 
I was, um, was going to actually say I think he's going to play a key role because oh, 100%. a lot of a lot of what we're hearing is that Pappenhausen won't be there to start the year. Um, but they, um, I, yeah. I'd imagine they'll start with him as the fullback. <coughs> yeah, and um, yes, of course. But I think that when you look at also Brandon Smith's loss to that side, it's a hit for that side. But for some reason, the Storm. Well, I'm saying that we we said at the start of last year we didn't think they had the venom that they've had in previous years. And I think we were somewhat... I know Pappenhausen being injured didn't help, but I think we were somewhat correct in saying that. Um, I, I think that, that this is the same. I think that, you know, Brandon Smith is a big loss for this side, regardless of his antics, regardless of what he's, 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 he's capable of on the field, off the field, on the field, he's capable of some big things. Looking for the Roosters, is, is he now the missing link? Is he... Is he now the player that puts the Roosters into into the position where, look, if Penrith aren't going to win this thing, the Roosters will? Well, I think he certainly helps. Um, I I, th- uh, I think the loss of Verrills is quite significant. Verrills, yep. This side Jack Turpin from the Broncos. Yep. Um, it's a question of whether Brandon Smith's style as a hooker suits what the Roosters do. Um, mm. I think they've got that many uh, sort of ball players in their team. Yeah. And he's not a ball player, but he's a running, uh, a running dummy half when he's in there. Um, yeah, they've, they've, got an, they've, they've got more firepower, really, I think, than any other side, the Roosters. And he adds to that. So try scoring potential all over the place. Mm. It's just how they gel. I think it'll take a little bit of time. But I think um, I think he's, he's certainly going to add to uh, to that team. Um, gives them another attacking option. Um, but we know that we saw it in the World Cup. He's not an 80-minute hooker. He's no. not that sort of a guy because he, he gets gassed the way he plays. And we saw Cameron Murray just go straight past him yeah, uh, from a tap restart. And then effectively, that was the difference in the game. Um, so uh, I think we're going to see a lot of minutes from, from Jake Turpin. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, and interesting, mm-hmm. um, Tupanua, Smith and Watson look like they won't take the field to begin with either yeah so. i think i think they're talking about season for watson watson season yep um also oh, really? today we yep. heard or yesterday we heard the season for cade dykes at the sharks yep. oh the yes same time yep. same time same day. <laughs> uh, i think it was only about an hour released. later <laughs> yeah Lockie miller released to go to um, newcastle as their yep. fullback wow. uh, and um and then their backup fullback's gone down at the Sharks. So, Lockie Miller would yeah. be number three in that pecking yeah. order. But all yeah. of a sudden, um, I guess uh, uh, young Kennedy's feeling off. Interesting. Well, I'm pretty that's, uh, that's, is that, that's Adam Dykes, young fella. That is correct. Yes. Um, yeah. And <laughs> the, the grandfather, uh, whose name escapes me, was the also played for the Sharks. It's, Three generations. Wow. Yes, um, yeah, I read that. His name will come back to me, yeah. but um, um, 
Luke Dykes, might might not be Luke, but uh, the yeah, the grandfather played uh, back in the uh, I guess late seventies, early eighties, uh, and then mm. now we saw Adam Dykes, and then now Cade Dykes. So uh, that's quite a it's quite a, uh, an interesting quite a lineage, uh, isn't it? Well, it is <laughs> interesting tidbit to do with uh, the Roosters today. Roosters, um, yeah, John Dykes. John Dykes. John Dykes, that's it. That yeah. was it. Um, it appears that RTS is putting the feelers out there. I heard that rumour this and, morning. And the um, Roosters. And the Roosters. Somewhat, yeah, yeah, the Roosters. Somewhat reciprocating because, because Eddie Jones would have his hot little hand all over Sawali's uh, yeah. contract to see what he could do with the... Now that he's got an open checkbook at the... At the um, at the Wallabies, so I think that if um, is it is it the cover of Swally leaves? I think it's something where the Roosters are somewhat beginning to entertain this idea, in the understanding that if Jones says to Swally, "You'll be a Wallaby," I would dare say he would go, and that would be a hell of a cover. I know I haven't look. I don't know. You know he. he, but yeah, I think under the Roosters system, he he would be very solid again. My my thoughts on that whole situation there is that the Roosters can't let Suwali. I mean, I know it may it's be it's, it's them, a checkbook but... thing, Gray. The guy, mate, Eddie Jones has basically been told it's... you've got an open checkbook. I know that Abdo and Volandis have said hands off NRL players. Um, yeah, but, you know, I know that they've. I mean, it's nothing. Like I know that, and, talks, and that's right, one hundred percent. And what they've basically said, I know. Um, for example, um, for example, uh, there's been rumblings that South Sydney have pulled Cameron Murray in and saying you're going to stay here for the full length of your contract. Um, uh, Angus Crichton, apparently the same. We just so, resigned with the Roosters. Yep, so, so he's. Hmm. You know, it's basically what they're looking at these young players who were somewhat rugby prospects who played league and now all of a sudden by their clubs being told, look, you're going nowhere until until we say otherwise. Someone like Suwali, who, you know, who's who's probably one more suspect running style away from being seriously questioned, you know, and you think, well, if they've got a guy coming in, I don't know. I I, I wouldn't like to see him go. And no, he's a super hate, talent. You'd love to have him go. But I think I got a gut feeling if there's someone you'd like to throw the checkbook at to begin building a team around in rugby land, he's a pretty good guy to do it. Oh, yeah, can't blame him for having a crack at him. But come up a couple of weeks ago, you know, when the, and, and I have no interest whatsoever in rugby union. The only time it gets any airplay is when they talk about taking rugby league players so right. rugby union yeah they get the headlines and they talk about us in yeah. the last couple yeah. of weeks than yeah. they did all of 2022 100 yeah. percent. and right. the, the problem and, was probably 18 months ago 12 months ago six months ago is they didn't really have the corporate backing because anyone that wanted to sponsor the wallabies didn't have faith in the coaching staff or any future developments of rugby in australia now you've got this guy back who is an absolute guru in his field and he's just absolutely phenomenal in what he does. You're starting to see corporate money being thrown around 
And let's face it, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, love to rah-rah and all of a sudden, you know, well, if I can sponsor this player, I'll throw a million dollars to the cause. And in rugby land, that's, that's, that's open slather. That works. The other, one of the other guys, Shane, that we're talking about targeting uh, is the close friend of Sualiti from King's College uh, in Will Penasini, who yes, yes. he re-signed, mm. yeah. extended his contract at the Parramatta Eels. And, and I know Jones has sort of come out and said, these guys have got a rugby background. It's because uh, all of the guys we've talked about went to a GPS school. That's right, yeah. Now, the reality was that these guys were rugby league players, um, mm. played junior rugby league, targeted and, and given scholarships at those various colleges. And that's where, uh, in most cases, I believe, they were introduced to the game yeah. of the union. Yeah. So it's not like no. the rugby league poached these guys. No. Um, these guys were league players who went to a union school. Um Look, I, I don't like rugby union. I'll, I'll, I'll just come out and say it. I've got no interest in it. And I actually don't like the game. And I don't like it goes back some way to, uh, to uh, you know, a fellow who uh, basically <laughs> white ants. <laughs> you know, I, I've got a bit of an axe to grind. I'm still grinding it. But um, it's just a game I've no time for. Um, and... Literally, the only airplay that they've had in the last twelve months um, is when Jones was made coach and said, "I'm going to, I'm going to get guys from rugby league." Um, and and if they go, or if one of them goes, so what? I won't be watching it. I don't care. I mean, it's a loss for our game. Surely, yeah. obviously, is a different case to some of the others who've all uh, they're, they're they're signed. Suoliti, one of the reasons South didn't sign him is because yeah, yeah, he wanted these clauses in to say that knew this stuff was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So what's the point of signing anyway? Yep. This um, is the the headache they were avoiding. Yeah. Now, I would, you know, while I, I'm not a Roosters fan by any stretch, I'd much rather see him playing oh, rugby league with the Roosters. I want him in our game. Yeah. I mean, the guy is is massive talent. Um. But if he goes, I won't be watching, uh, no. and it'll just be it'll be nothing to me because I won't be watching. No. And and you know the Roosters will be a loss, but they'll find someone. And then Shane will, you know, and I, I mentioned Roger. Um, I don't know how old Roger is these days. And when I think of Roger, it's normally a guy with a racket in hand who is barely <laughs> aged. But um, <laughs> but you know the. Uh, the two of us, the Sheck version, he, he was an out-and-out -out champion uh, in rugby league. I don't know if he's been any good in union. I don't watch it. I don't care. Once they go, um, I don't care what they do. I don't know if he's been a success. What I do know, if you come back to rugby league, um, he's going to be a pretty handy player. He might not be the same as he was because he's getting on a bit in years. But um, certainly if... Uh, 29. He'll be 30 later this year in June. Is that all? Oh, okay. Well, in he's June. He'll be know, 30. Well, you know, he's not an old man. He's, he's Tedesco is is 30 already. Look what he's doing. So Roger would uh, more than compensate um, if it were uh, you know Suoliti out 
two Vasha check in. I don't think the Roosters will lose too much. Because there was even talk just before Christmas. I remember reading something where I think the basic gist of it was he wasn't happy in Union and they were linking him with the Dolphins. Now, I don't know if that was just them saying, oh, okay, the Dolphins yeah, may... A lot of people were linked with the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the... Um... Flipper was linked with the Dolphins and he knocked him back. <laughs> I think it was basically because they hadn't had a marquee signing. There was just that link. Everyone was linked with the Dolphins. But, um, and, you know, I mean, head Dolphin trainer Wayne Bennett, um, (laughs) he, I think he'd be looking to make a play as you would for anyone. But like, like anyone that's been linked with the Dolphins previously, they're linked with the Dolphins, linked with the Dolphins, and they sign elsewhere. Um, while we're talking about teams and squads, I mean, we go from the team... I, I think it's fair to say, guys, on paper. I know games aren't won on paper, but on paper, that Roosters team be very difficult to find a better team on paper in the NRL. It's the best on paper. Yeah. No doubt. Um, we'd almost argue that one of the teams that would be... Um, you know, if you're a casual fan of rugby league, there are a lot of names you would not know in the, um, the Dolphins team. Um, yeah, there's some there's some familiar names there, but um, just just want to get your thoughts while we're talking about recruitment because we are heading into the season now, Griffo, and it was a big big talking point. Who are the Dolphins going to sign? Who are the Dolphins going to sign? It almost felt like we we're waiting for these big signings to happen. They never happened. Um, they do have a squad, and in a matter of weeks, they'll be playing rugby league games. Uh, I'll get sort of straight to it. Do you think they have... Is this the weakest squad in the NRL? They're a brand new team. Um, it's you know it's not a knock at them. They've had to start from scratch. Um, is this one of the weakest squads in the NRL? In my opinion, yes. One of. Um, Coach Bennett likes to have hard nuts in his team. Um, and that's why he's brought in the Bromwich brothers, uh, Kafusi, uh, Mark Nichols, and so on. He likes to have experienced rugby league players who are not necessarily the most flashy guys, but guys he knows he can rely on to uh, to do a job. Um, personally, I think they got too many old guys um i think he's brought in jared wallace as well as another has. older guy i think jared wallace was a good player he was an origin player but his good games have been uh somewhat rare over the last couple of years and and he's actually many times not been in the top 17 at the titans uh, um they've got some Young, very young talent, um, principally Asaya Katoa, who signed up until 2025. He is uh, Penrith Jr. Penrith were very upset when he uh, was taken by the Dolphins. But again, he had Nathan Cleary in front of him. Jerome Luai was the six. So he didn't see a pathway there. Um at Penrith to play first grade on a regular basis. 
so you can sort of understand why he went to uh, to the Dolphins. I was going to see Redcliffe, um, but they're not. Um, but they should be. Uh, Do you see Katoa when I, I know they've um, they've got a trial coming up, uh, and he's been named at halfback for that yep. that trial. It's pretty much. Um, if you could call it a reserve grade team, um, yeah, you know, do you see him featuring in their their top seventeen? I do. Um, come round um, one, and what role do you see him playing? Whether it's round one, I'm not sure, but I think he will. Um, at least maybe halfway through the season, we'll see him in the starting thirteen. Um, in, in the halves. In the halves. Uh, I know they've got at the moment what looks like being uh, Anthony Milford and uh, Sean O'Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Now, O'Sullivan, he's a good player. Um, he's an organising number seven, and he did a fantastic job at Penrith last year. Clear, he missed ten games uh, in the regular season. Phenomenal, isn't it? <laughs> and and O'Sullivan. <laughs> Most of the games that he played halfback, they won. Um, and, and I was really impressed with his work. Um, so he would have learned even more in that system. Um, uh, and he's only about a year younger than, than Cleary. But um, I think he's a good player. Anthony Milford is, is your, your absolute classic hot and cold um, he was a gone youngster at the Raiders. The Raiders did everything they could to keep him. Uh, and in the end, he's decided to go to the Broncos, where he played some really good football, but not much over the last few years. Um, you have a season at South? Was it, was it South for you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. After he left Newcastle. Or you know, he went to Newcastle last year. I mean, he's he's been doing the the clubs. Um, I think he's you know he, best he, days long long behind him. I don't think he actually played at South, did he? Was was that when he? Oh, that was just touted to go to South. So he signed, but they didn't register his contract. Oh, okay. I think okay. it was because he. Um... Oh, was it, it was an it was upcoming call place or something, yeah, was it? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the exact incident. I, I can't remember him. Actually, it's, it's awful, isn't it? I don't think he actually played, but he did sign. Um, but the NRL yeah, refused. An issue. They didn't register he, his contract. The NRL refused to register the contract. Mm. Uh, yeah. But um, it didn't no, happen. No, only twenty eight. Uh, I would have thought he might have been older than that. Just listed as twenty eight years of age. Uh, the milf uh, is his nickname. Um, yeah. Personally, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think you can build a, a team around him. Um, he's the sort of guy that might have one good game in every five or six. Um. Yeah, I think Katoa certainly is their long-term uh, playmaker. Whether it's him and O'Sullivan, I'm not quite sure. Because, again, uh, O'Sullivan is an organiser. But, 
I really think they're going to struggle, the Dolphins. I might be proved wrong. I just don't think they've got a team that is going to threaten too many others. They've got some decent players there. Hammer's there. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's still under an injury cloud, the Hammer. Um, Tessie New recently signed with him. Yep. Uh, You'd imagine he'd be got... in the centres. Asako. Yeah, I don't, um, really, I don't I wouldn't have a soccer in the top seventeen, personally. Um, I know he's like the, one of the first guys to sign, but I just think he has too many bad games. Um but he might well be there. You might be right, Greg. I would personally I'd imagine I'd I have a feeling like you know, there's I'm just trying to think who their options are on the wing looking at their overall squad and signings. Edric Lee's got be, there. Edric Lee. You and um, Aiken might play in the centres. Um, yeah, you got Branko Lee got as well. Yeah. Um, uh, just looking at that halves situation, um, Cody Nicarima, we know he's played a bit of football playing in that number 14 role. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they start the season with Milford 6, O'Sullivan 7. I would Nicarima expect that 14. Nicarima's there as well. Was that the yeah. Nicarima that was at Souths? Yeah, Cody Nicarima, yeah. Uh, okay, he's yeah. another guy who, you know, to 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 his credit, is has been a, a long-term NRL player, but never quite, I guess, reached the heights that were thought possible. Um, the one guy, the, the guy that I think was a really good signing was in the forwards, Tom Gilbert. I like him. Yes. Um, a younger forward. Um, brings the average age of the pack down to about <laughs> 29. Um, yeah, I, I just don't... I, I can't see them going well. Um, I think, for me, they're the favourites for the spoon, along with... You know, I think the Warriors are going to be a contender. I think the Dragons are going to be a contender for the spoon. Uh, and these guys I'd have as the favourites. Um, and Newcastle. Uh, contending as well. Um, it, it, it is hard to build a side, but I think, you know, they pin their hopes on the fact that, okay, Wayne Bennett's going to be our coach. He is going to be a magnet to attract top talent. Yes, they've got some good players, um, but I think, you know, the likes of the Bromwich brothers, Carfusi, uh, Nichols, Wallace, they're all the wrong side of 30. And I just think they're way on the wrong side of their best rugby league. Uh, SASA, there's another one. He might not be 30, but Herman. he's been a, a number of clubs and just, again, expected he was going to be a really good player. He never, He's never reached those heights, uh, SASA. Um just for my and a lot of average players and no superstar there. Um, I, I don't see them doing well. Shane, what do you think? <laughs> Griffo, I, yeah, not doing well. Um, they're my choice for the spoon, sadly. Um, I, Sports I, bet's got them as favourites for the spoon. I... Uh, I think this is a classic example of how, you know, I'm glad that they've got the Dolphins. I think 
it's synonymous with the area. I think the logo's right and everything. They needed to use the Firebirds model of how they were going to look at players, attract players. They were going to build a side. They were going to, you know, these guys should have been in in some sort of building phase, New South Wales Cup. And and what happened was they got they got Bennett in thinking that he's just going to be a magnet for all these players, and it just hasn't come to fruition because it's not like it was years ago where people wouldn't mind going there and having a go and seeing what it's like. A lot of your superstars are established at clubs that they don't want to leave, that they – why am I going to leave this club to – you know, why am I going to leave this club when, you know, to go to the Dolphins? I I think the Dolphins, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say the Dolphins establishment and recruitment was significantly poorer than the Titans. And I think that it's, I think a club like the Dolphins, its only success is going to come the fact it has a rich heritage in Redcliffe. Um, it's 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 going to be a very tough year to watch for them. It's going to be interesting to see how many bums on seats they get. I hope they generate interest. I hope that they can get a few home wins. I, I just can't see I can't see anything happening. Like it, it, okay, put a line through it and say this is not the Red Cliff Dolphins. This is the Penrith Panthers. What would you think if you team Griff? You know what I mean? Like you'd go, hang on, where did we go wrong? If this was the South Sydney Rabbitohs or or the or the or the Balmain, oh, not Balmain, the West Tigers, or you know every every person would go, okay, where did we slightly go wrong here? Where did our recruitment fail? And this is almost this almost reeks of when South Sydney got kicked out and the recruitment process that they undertook when they come back in the league, it was half-assed. It was very poor. They couldn't attract players. Any juniors had long gone to other clubs and started to see success. They weren't coming back to South Sydney. This is what's happening to the Dolphins, that anyone that was sort of at the area that's gone, that was half good, is not going to come back. It's going to be very difficult to build success. I genuinely think they almost need a a very hard headed head of football to, to to survive. That's that's my feeling. I I I really I was really looking forward to this Dolphins um, franchise. I think it's I think it's been long overdue. I think they've got the right mascot. Wrong name. Has to be called Redcliffe. I know they want to get people in from elsewhere, but let's face it, there's plenty of people who live in Blackson that go for Penrith. Um, you know, it's synonymous. If it's your local team, you're going to go for them. Um, no one from New South Wales will jump on them unless it's somewhat of a tokenistic jump on and they, they want to follow rugby league like they did with, like, like a lot of people did with Gold Coast. I, I just think that. Um, the long-winded answer for a very short question, Graham. They're going to finish last, and as you can understand, I've, I've got a bit of an axe to grind with this one because I thought something that should have been so good when when it was announced has turned very poor very quickly, and I really feel that Bennett's copping a bit of flack, or will cop a bit of flack for this when really he was asked to be the coach. He wasn't asked to be recruitment manager. 
He wasn't asked to be CEO. He wasn't asked to be head of football. He wasn't asked to be the head of performance. These are jobs that should have happened long before now and been established, built, and and done before now. I, yeah, I, I'm going to – I can't – maybe during Origin they'll win a game. How disappointed would you be if your team loses to the Dolphins? Like that's how you I was sort thinking of thinking that. Bro, you don't <laughs> want to be the first. Well, I, know, I want them to do well, but I just yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, I don't know so get, what. Get, get the tissues ready, Knights fans. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will yeah. say that they've drawn the Roosters in round one. Yeah, that's and, not great, is it? Well, what? look, we got to play the Roosters and. And you might um, as well play round historically, one. They, they yeah. haven't been at their best in round one. No. Um, but I think they might account for the for the. I, I remember I tipped the Roosters last year and in my everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. A lot of people they got done by the Knights. The Knights, they did. Oh. That's right. Um, yeah, but, I don't know. If, can I trust the Roosters to come out in round one and win? I I, I think they will, but. Um, It'd be massive for the for the Dolphins if they could beat the Roosters in round one. I don't They're, think it'll. Looking at the teams they played twice: uh, Canberra Warriors, Newcastle, North Queensland, St George, the Roosters, Brisbane, Gold Coast. I mean, it's really only the the Roosters. I think you said Canberra. Canberra's a decent side, Cowboys. but that's Cowboys. soft. Oh, my apologies, my apologies, Cowboys well, fans. In, um, in all, it's as soft as you can have a draw, really. Mm. When, yeah. when, well, Fox Sports did an article. I'll give them credit for this because uh, I didn't do the work. They did an article when the draw came out in November, and they ranked the teams with the easiest draw through to the most difficult draw. They had the Dolphins having the third easiest draw, given the fact who, that they who they say have you got that upgrade. Yeah, have you got? Have you got? A, who's got the easiest draw? They reckon Canberra. Huh? They have okay um, eight games against the top eight, five against the top four, fourteen of their games against the bottom eight, seven That's against the bottom amazing. four. So when you look at the teams they played twice, you're looking at Dolphins, mm. Brisbane, Tigers, St George, Newcastle, Cronulla, Canterbury, Warriors. And and, and you know what? Oh. A lot of those poor teams traveling to Canberra in the middle of winter. Yeah, true. Not great. Well, lock who's in Raiders? Lock in yeah. Raiders. In yeah, the top that's eight. true. Who's got the second? Do they think Cowboys? Yeah, lock them uh, in. Oh yeah. Well, lock teams they played in. twice. Obviously, the Brisbane teams they play the Tigers who's... twice. Dolphins, Brisbane. But the other teams they play twice: Tigers, Parapenris, Cronulla, and Warriors. Who's the four no, teams they say? I have disagree. The then that they're yeah. the, the second, yeah. second easiest. Jeez. They got some I think top eights, some good Parramatta, Penrith, Cronulla is going to be a tough one. When they look at it, I think they look at the I fact suppose that... I suppose also travel. Seven games against the bottom four, 12 yeah. in the bottom eight. Can can you... Um, the who's hardest got the teams? Four, fourth hardest. Who's got four? Who's the four okay, hardest? So Broncos. Yeah. I remember the Broncos were in there. Uh, yeah, well, the Broncos, they're saying, have the hardest draw. Okay. Um, they've only got five games against the bottom four. They play the top right. eight 14 times. The teams they play twice are Canberra, North Queensland, Para, Penrith, Melbourne, South, Titans, mm. Dolphins. Wow. Um, the next team with the hardest draw, they're saying, are the Titans. Okay. Titans. Um, 
Is that down to who they play or just skill? I think their draws the hardest because they're, they're right. not a good yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think it. I think who's, it's the who's, um, who's the, after the, the Titans? Interesting. Uh, then they've got Manly. Yep. Um, Tigers. They've got here is having one of the tough, tougher draws. They play twelve of their games against the current top eight. Um, yeah. Then you're looking at Panthers. Okay. It's, yeah, well, I think it's, it's, I think once you get. Once you get in that middle ground, it's you know it's you're so playing much of a much as you're playing teams that it's interesting. Like you know, I often often think you know last year's bottom four are they going to be this year's bottom four? I'd I'd argue I'd I say that the Tigers the Tigers are going to yeah, be one of the big yeah. improvers. Yeah, and, and, and I also think yeah the Bulldogs yeah and so you know what playing, and Brisbane what? who who did the Dolphins play twice? Dolphins. Let's go. Sorry, Gray. Uh, yep. No. Canberra. Okay, Canberra. Yep. Warriors. They'll lose both yep. of those. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think if you've got the Dolphins twice, that has significant because I doubt this data was actually put in place with the Dolphins as a team. Like I would have said who the Dolphins are playing, but didn't put the Dolphins in any other computation. Because they don't know. Yeah, it's not as though they rank them seventeenth. That's so, right. Yeah. So I think if you're playing, but, so who are playing the Dolphins twice? So the Warriors play them twice. Yep. The Knights play them twice. Yep. St George play them twice. Yep. Ooh, Brisbane, three teams. That's interesting. Yep. Yep. Brisbane. Brisbane. Interesting. I think Brisbane's. Well, Cowboys that's just, for me. That's just got the Bris. That's got Brisbane Broncos off the bottom. That they don't, you don't have the hardest draw if you're playing the Dolphins twice. I think, and, and this is where the Broncos are playing a lot of good sides. They're twice, playing a lot of good sides, but if yeah. you got the Dolphins twice, there's four points. And you know yeah. what? Like South and Penrith play each other twice. The challenge is, yeah, they're also that's that's South, yeah, that's Queensland. So Canada. I'm just thinking that you know when you, I, I know it's all pie in the sky stuff, but Mate, I, 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 I could, we at, could. We don't I have time that, tonight, but this is I think this, if you're this a could club, start my call right? for a conference system rant. I think if you're a club, the conference. I think if you're a club that plays, I I like the idea. The I think draw. if you're a club that pays, that we plays this conversation. If you play the Dolphins twice, your your chances of improving have significantly. Did the Roosters play in twice? Did you say? Yeah. Well, they're my they're my. They're my minor premiums. <laughs> Purely the fact that you're No, I'm being serious. Because you, you know did, what? Okay, so how many no, buys do they get? Three no, buys and two no, games against the Dolphins. Because above <laughs> above anyone else... There's 10 points. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're going to be in, locked in. South, Penrith, Storm, Sharks, whoever. They don't play the Dolphins twice. Yeah. But, you know, but look, like, like, I, I kind of say this every year. I feel like if you're going to win the comp, you'll get to the eight. That, and... Look, I, I guarantee that's the thing. Yeah. If you're going to win the saying, comp, you'll get to gonna... the eight and you'll do what you need to do. I'm to not get saying they're going to be the premiers. I'm saying they're going to be minor premiers. Because they've got, just... you know, yeah. Because yeah. they're not going to throw. And, and you know be. the other thing is? You know the other thing is? All right. Who are. Uh, uh, Takes our Sydney. They play Sharks, Panthers, 
and then another away yeah. game. Are you talking about uh, start of the year? Yep. Yeah. I'll help you out here. I will get South the draw. play. Okay, Sharks, you want Penrith. the Rabbitohs draw? Sharks, yep. Sharks away. Penrith yep. away. Yep. Roosters <laughs> away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's we'll, it. And we'll you know what I mean? That. Like you look at you look at that, right? Seagulls, Storm, Sharks, Bulldogs. Sharks, South, Sharks, Penrith, Roosters. I'm telling you now, Seagulls, you're going to feel the, the fatigue. The fatigue come round three for a team like South Sydney and Penrith because Penrith plays South in round two is going to be a lot more than the team that plays. You know what's the Roosters' first three games? Now Dolphins. Well, that that could be a walk in the park. Sorry, mate. Dolphins, Warriors, Rabbitohs. Well, fuck. Like, you know, like, like, look at the fatigue, you know? But that's me, what I'm also saying. The fatigue, the long-term fatigue. Look, what's the do, what's Panthers' do you think, first three games? Just go back to the Rabbitohs, right? Do you think this yeah. is one of the hardest starts of the year? I, I know I'm going to get on a bit no, of it. What's, no. So you got Sharks, Panthers, Roosters, Seagulls, Storm, Bulldogs, okay, Dolphins, but then they play the Panthers again, go to Brisbane to play Brisbane, go to... And then magic round against the storm. They've got to play in the opening ten rounds. Storm twice, Panthers twice, Roosters once, Sharks once. Canterbury's not a bad team. Manly with Turbo's a good team. That they have to be very careful. South Sydney. They What's, have more yeah, losses than yeah, wins could, after round 100%. ten. The other thing is, when's their first home game? South's first home game. Okay. First time they will play at home is round four against four. Manly. That's um, right. And then they, yeah, round four. So the first three games, Sharks, Panthers, Roosters away. Sharks, Panthers, Roosters away. Yeah. All the, I know it's I know it's all in the Sydney Basin. Don't get me wrong, but big, big effort. But and Pen, who's Penrith's first three games, Griff? Uh, first game against the Broncos at home. Then it's the uh, Rabbitohs at home. And I think they got by in round three. Okay. Before think. they play para. No, you're correct. <laughs> Brisbane yeah. South by para Raiders Seagulls. Knights Rabbitohs. Yeah, so none, of those, yeah. none of those games, obviously, apart from the bye, are giving me two points. No. Um, I don't know when their first give me is. Um. Uh, uh, Newcastle, yeah, round well, seven. I'm locking in two points there. Round nine, they play the Tigers. Need, Ten, the Warriors need to be. No, I don't think the Tigers are locking now. I think there's only a few teams that you can sort of, unless it's an Origin uh, interrupted uh, time, in which case that's probably when you want to be playing the good sides rather than potentially losing against some of the also runs that. When you would have picked up two points if all your men were in. Um, anyway, uh, last year Penrith dealt with that pretty well, but they had Chris, uh, sorry, Sean O'Sullivan um, deputising for Cleary, and they got through the Origin period really uh, pretty much unscathed. Um, I don't think they've got that, you know, depth of player now, but uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I think the Dolphins are in for a tough year. And um, any team coming into a competition is going to be, expect a tough year. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Dolphins. 
it'll be interesting to see if any of their players come out and say, well, you know, Wayne's a good guy, but he can't coach. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you get yes. that from a Wayne Bennett coach team. But um, no. look, you never know. You never know what you're going to get. Um, who knows? Any other talking points, fellas? Is there anything we've missed? I feel like no, we've. Uh, I think we've covered a, a lot. Chat. Yep. Uh, yeah. You mentioned the women's uh, game. I, I think they've really got to tie up um, and give them some certainty as to when their their competition's got to yes. be on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Right. That's that's the thing. Like they're going to an expanded ten team competition. Um. That's a lot of players you've got to bring in who have not played in the NRLW before. Um, I, I think they've had a really good six-team comp in the last few seasons. There have been a few blowouts, mm-hmm. but a lot of competitive games. Um, is there the depth to come up with four more teams? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um these ladies are only signed uh, currently, I believe, on like four-month contracts. Yeah. Um, they've Let's got hope. to sign at least 12 months and, and guarantee, you know, because a lot of them, you know, they've got to have another job. Um, they're not earning enough from, from rugby league to, to be a full-time professional. Yeah, uh, and and you you know we're we're actually in twenty twenty three now, and and nobody knows when the competition's going to be. It's, mm. You think about that, and it's just laughable, really. Yeah, and we're I think a professional environment. And I think that um, I think hopefully that the the results of today's meetings, hopefully that's a part of that. I hope so, because I I, I think there's so much scope. And we've mm. seen that game grow in quality immensely yeah. in a very short space of time. Um, yeah, I'm just concerned that, you know, clubs can't actually start training or can't sign players mm. um, because of all the uncertainty. Yeah. And one of the other issues that, that come up is they don't know when Origin's going to be. Uh, but it's going to be before, it's expected to be before the NRLW. And I was hearing uh, that for players to be considered for New South Wales, they've got to play in whatever the New South Wales competition is. Mm. Um, play at least three games. Okay. Um, I don't like that. Um, we're talking about the elite players. Mm. Um, players that, you know, won the World Cup. I think they just give them a pass and say, look, yeah, well, actually, I think they've got to look at when, they, when, when they're actually going to play because mm. it's a crazy system. Yeah. We're in already the calendar year. Yeah. Make it a bit more. There's got to be a bit more. They've got to be a bit more serious about what's going on. Yeah, because it's a great product and you don't want to dilute it and you don't want to. And, and what's going to happen is you are going to lose some players. So, look, I can't commit because you can't tell me when I'm playing. I've got to earn an income, and mm. I can't go to my boss and say, oh, can I have um, – uh, yeah. actually, I don't know when I need to be off. That yeah. That's just ridiculous. Yep. They need to sort it out. Agreed. 
Definitely agreed. All right. Well, just about now, the only thing we've got to sort out is getting some footy on the field. Um, we're only a couple of weeks away, aren't we? Yeah. Um, we are. World Club Challenge, Feb 18. So two weeks from Saturday. Um, the Indigenous All-Stars, I think, might be the week before. I know they named yeah, the we, team. We had some, some, uh, some teams named there. Yeah. Um, I don't know how closely you guys had a look at those teams. We might um, do a podcast for that. Yeah, definitely. It's um, you know, it's it's a it's a spectacle. Mm. My interest in that game is, I'll be honest, I don't want to see my team's players get injured. <laughs> no, no, don't get injured. No. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I understand that the significance of the game to uh, you know to those two cultures but for me um i just want to make sure that please don't get fisher harris does not get injured please don't get Uh, injured chris smith and tyrone peachy i think are the other two players from the panthers i think there's a stack of rabbitos involved i think latrell and cody are off the top of my head and i think there's obviously others but um geez you wouldn't want Latrell Mitchell going down. No, no, thank you. No. But uh, it's all rugby league and it's all the game we love. So that's it. All good. All good. All right, fellas. Well, I think that might just about do us. Um, Excellent. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen, for your time. Uh, I'd also thank like you. to thank, thank you, all viewers. the listeners for our. Um, for, for tuning in, um, yeah, that's you know, we'd like to thank the listeners for riding shotgun with us this week. And, um, look, we're already gearing up for the season and getting ready for, um, for some more shows. So make sure you, um, keep an eye on down the road, um, keep two hands yep. on the wheel and, um, stay in your lane. And we'll make sure we have more carpool rugby league coming your way. Um, but yeah, thanks again for joining us and, um, Thank you, everyone. Thank you, boys. Thank you, and have a great 2023. Yes. It's all warming up. Happy New Year. We're into February. Bring on the sleep.